right, I want to invite you this morning to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. We're going to go to chapter 5 in 1 Peter this morning. Again, thanks for joining us today. Um, today we will, obviously, if we're in 1 Peter, we're going to take a break from our Roman study. Uh, we were going to share some time with Peter up at the Reflection Circle, but rather we'll do that in our auditorium this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want us to kind of wrap our minds this morning around the encouragement of two very familiar verses. Uh, here are the verses that we're going to be studying this morning. Um, and my prayer is that as we study these things, youngest to oldest this morning can grasp this. Uh, there are some little critters here. My prayer is that you can take these verses home and that you can meditate on these things. I know it's going to be tough. We'll be here probably for the next 30 minutes or so studying, and it'll be tough to sit still and all of that. But my prayer, young ones especially, is that you can take these verses with you. You can enjoy these verses. You can wrap your mind around these verses, and that God would use them, especially for many of you this week um, uh, that are headed back to school. Uh, you'll be headed back Wednesday or Thursday. Some will be the following Monday. Um, in fact, next Sunday, I hope you will join us because we're going to take some time to bring all of our students up here and we're going to pray God's grace for them as they head back to school. But here we are in 1 Peter 5, these two very familiar verses, and I want to kind of bring some solidarity to these verses because a lot of times in our minds, we will quote either verse 6 or verse 7, right? We'll go right to verse 7, casting all your care upon him or your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. We hear that over and over again. Well, as you go to the scriptures, you see that these two verses are intricately connected. It's very important that we take these together. And so what do verses 6 and 7 say? Let's look at verse 6. Here it is. Humble yourselves, therefore. By the way, that therefore actually ties us to the previous section as well about being humble in the body of Christ. But now the focus is going from humble in the body of Christ to this view. From a horizontal view now to a vertical view. And here's the vertical view. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. All right, so we're at Reflection Circle today. Uh, I'm not going to ask for whoo, prayer for safety this morning. <laughs> Man, that catches you. I'm going to back up a little bit. Normally that pulpit's right here. It keeps me safe from diving into the first row. But uh, Normally at camp you share testimony of faith. And we're not going to do that here today. That would be one thing different. But... We will go to a verse that reminds us often of what God is doing in our lives. Why 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7? And here's why. Because we desperately need these verses today. Not just one day of the week. We need this verse every day of the week. Every moment of every day. Think about the world we live in right now. We need these words. From God the Holy Spirit, through the servant Peter, we need 
1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Another reason is primarily because of this one word. <laughs> Anxieties. Some of your translations will actually say the word care. It's a different word than the end of the verse, so a lot of translations will actually use the word anxieties because that's more in line with what it's talking about. Anxieties, another word for anxieties, is worry. This is a big deal in the world we live in right now, is it not? Okay, this is a big deal for me. I mean, if nothing else, this is a testimony of faith of what God is doing in my heart every day. I tell you what, when I get up in the morning... You know, when my eyes finally open, I finally can uh, think mostly cognitively and move out of my bedroom into the main area of the house. Honestly, one of the first things I try to do is find my knees. <laughs> Why? Because I need God. I need His strength for every single decision to, made, to be made all the way through that day. I mean, I've got to pray even before I find the coffee pot, you know. For my wife, it's the opposite. She needs to find the coffee pot so she can pray. Uh, the joke in our house is that she cannot walk in the Spirit until she's at least had one cup of coffee. Nonetheless, we find ourselves regularly in this passage. Why? Because so quickly, from the moment we wake up in the morning, these anxieties, these worries just wrap themselves around our thinking. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, okay, what are you talking about? Well, okay. How anxious are you right now about, dare we go here, because you're not supposed to mix these right, politics. What's going on in your mind right now? Okay, let's just, the rubber meets the roads, practicalities right now. When you came to church today, maybe you've tried to force yourself not to think of this, but how many of you have deep, dark concerns about what's happening in the United States of America right now. All right, we're not just talking, <laughs> all of us raise our hand. And we're talking not just about the leaders in our country who we are called to pray for. God tells us through his servant Paul to Timothy that we are to pray for these leaders. But the decisions of our president, Joe Biden. I'll tell you what, every day I just, in a, with this cringe on my face, I'm thinking, oh no, what's happening? Uh, what about in the wonderful state of California with our governor? How many of you think, oh no, what antique is coming at us this day? Uh, maybe with lawmakers, legislators, and um, an individual by the name of Nancy Pelosi or any of those. And you think, what's happening? I'm going to tell you what happens so often is these concerns turn into worry. Where you get up in the morning, and honestly, I think, what world is my, are my kids going to grow up in? With, with seeing the direction of things, I'm going to tell you, this concern so often turns into that word. Anxieties. And that's only talking politically. <laughs> what about health? Honestly, just think about the last year, year and a half. A new variant and a potentially deadly virus, the possible or even probable negative reactions from a forced vaccine or however you see that. I mean, honestly, I look at the news and you find polarized opinions on what's happening right now. 
And you can embrace either one of those sides. And what either one of those sides say to you is, oh dear, there's a problem for all of us. Maybe more practically, I mean, setting all of the discussion on the pandemic and all of this stuff aside, which is a non-stop discussion for any kind of conventional news, praise God at least for some of the Olympics, because it got our minds off of that for a little bit, even though I didn't watch much of the Olympics, because I was so upset at those who are unpatriotic. Again, worry. These anxieties that come your way, and I'm thinking, what about the practicalities, not just of this overwhelming pandemic or whatever? What about that lump, honestly? What about that biopsy that you haven't gotten the report back from yet? What about that heart irregularity that you know you've been struggling with? What about that sleeplessness? What about that knot in your stomach that won't go away and you're concerned about it? Okay, so we have things to worry about politically. These anxieties so easily weasel into our lives politically, health-wise. What about with your family? Maybe those sitting in the very same row with you today. Maybe those not in this church. Maybe those somewhere in this state or in this country or in this world. And you have serious concerns about your family members. Will my child, specifically thinking of young families here, will my child fall prey to the allurement of the addictions in this world around us? Will my child ever get off their phone or game system? (laughs) Okay, that's a legitimate anxiety, children. Legitimate. Will my child make the sports team? I'm telling you, all of these anxieties work their way into worry every single day in our lives. How about your child's education? School is starting for many this week, if not this week, the next. What will be taught to my children? Will my children hold strong to the Word of God and a biblical worldview? Will my child get swallowed up alive by the LGBTQ agenda that is after them? I mean, the worry in our hearts that comes so quickly. Will my child be exposed to the nonsense of of theories, even ones that just have made their way into that are divisive, particularly most recently something like the critical race theory being taught. Are my children going to be exposed to this? And I know there's differences of opinion even here on that. What are my children going to be taught? Will they stand for Jesus? Will my child stand strong through the pressures of an unbelieving world with unbelieving peers? Will they stand strong? These worries creep into our hearts. I'm going to tell you, night after night sometimes, that's what wakes me up in the middle of the night. Will my child love Jesus with all their heart? Will my child give in to harmful substances or to moral impurity or to godless habits? These are worries. These are anxieties. If we just really talk plainly here today, these so quickly, so easily weasel their ways right into our lives in the mainstream of our day. Kids. You have stuff to worry about. Honestly, the young ones here, some of them going to school this week. 
You have stuff like, will my friends still accept me when I return to school this week? You know what it's like, kids. Will my teachers be nice to me? This is especially a concern for our homeschoolers here. You better pray hard. I love that. Will I make the sports team? I mean, honestly, I remember as a little critter thinking about these things, and there was a tryout, and I just had this knot in my stomach, and how do I get rid of this? Will I pass my classes? So, so what, what did I just bring up? Honestly, this word, anxieties, makes its way, this worry makes its way into the fabric of all portions of our day so quickly and so easily. Maybe you didn't come to church this morning worried. Praise God for that. But maybe you're worried now after I just mentioned those things. Thanks, Pastor Andrew. I was off to a good start today and you just ruined it. How do we handle this anxiety? I mean, praise God for verses like this. Praise God for verses like this. When you go to the internet and you find something from Anxiety and Depression Association of America, clearly and completely a secular humanistic group, and they say that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults right now. I mean, that's 18.1% of the U.S. population is struggling with anxiety right now. So it's not just us as Christians who seek a biblical worldview that understand that this is a real world, a real issue, anxiety and worry. It is the world around us that is understanding that this is an issue. So, we need 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 because of who we are and where we live in a broken world. But here's also why we need to study this today, and I absolutely love this, because the human author of this is obviously who? Peter, right? His name's on the top of that list right there. Peter, by God's grace, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this, and we need to understand that when the Holy Spirit moved on these individuals, these authors of the Scriptures, to write, by inspiration we call this, I honestly believe that the Holy Spirit of God used the experiences and personalities of the human authors as the, as the book was being written. And so what about this dude's life, Peter? <laughs> this is a guy whose life was full of anxieties. Honestly, as you walk through the, the New Testament epistles and you see what the Apostle Paul says about the Apostle Peter, it says that Peter had a fear of man. He was anxious. Someone else is preaching. I love it. <laughs> These are, this is a real life follower of Jesus Christ, Peter who has called on Jesus to depend on him each and every day of his life. I mean, we think about the Apostle Peter's life. He lived on this roller coaster of confidence and humiliation, passion and discouragement, resolve and regret. That was Peter. 
Even when you look at the stories of how Jesus Christ and the Apostle Peter interacted, in one sentence, the Apostle, or Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, this could only be revealed to you from the, from the Father. And Peter's kind of, yeah, I'm pretty good at that, aren't I, Jesus? Very next passage, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus to Peter. This up and down and all around from the human author of this book, Peter. Struggling with these things. But it wasn't just Peter. This book of 1 Peter was written to real life Christians going through real life suffering. I've so enjoyed, I haven't been able to go this last month. We've been uh, different places on Tuesday mornings. But going with the men in our Bible study through with, with Lonnie and the other guys, just walking through 1 Peter and now into 2 Peter. The real life struggles of the people that the Apostle Paul or Peter was writing to. Honestly, sometimes we get this false impression that biblical Christianity is meant to be lived on this flowery bed of ease. That we get to feast each day from tables of prosperity. That we get to sing our pretty Jesus songs with pretty Jesus people and do sweet Jesus things. And nothing will ever go wrong for us when we do that. My friends, that's not the real life of a Christian. A follower of Jesus Christ. Every single day in this broken world, we are stretched. We are tempted towards this word, anxiety, towards worry in massive ways. This is a book, 1 Peter, written with this key idea, this theme that God's grace empowers believers to persevere through adversity. Keep going. Get up in the morning. Serve Jesus tomorrow and the next day and the next day even when you have all of that burden on your shoulders and you think, I can't do it. Get up in the morning and do this. Cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. This primary thought, this key truth, I think you can summarize verses 6 and 7 of 1 Peter 5 down to this. Through anxieties, believers must fully depend on the mighty hand of their caring God. Every single day, through the worry that creeps into our lives, what are we to do? Fully depend on the mighty hand of an almighty, caring God. So what we're going to do for the next 15 minutes or so is just unpack these verses um, one phrase at a time. I want us to do this. I want us to start with the imperative, okay? So when you go to a passage, you want to identify most of the time, the first thing you'll go to is what's the command in this passage, and then you'll see it unpacked. What is the clear command in these two verses? Honestly, this is the end of 1 Peter 5, or 1 Peter, the book of 1 Peter, and at the end you find different series of commands. It's almost like a, uh, a summarized list. Peter is saying, okay, we're almost done with this letter. Do this, and do this, and do this. And these two verses go so cleanly together. Verses f 6 and 7, and here's the clear command. Humble yourself. What is this concept of humble yourself? To humble yourself is as it says. It's to lower yourself in an act of submission and subservience. 
It is to recognize a place, recognize and place yourself under someone or something. Under complete control. And what is the object here of our humbling? Humble yourselves under what? The mighty hand of God. I absolutely love this because this is a discussion on suffering. And Peter doesn't just simply say, okay, pray that you get relieved from it right now. That some miraculous thing would happen and you're done with it. Now, as you actually go into verse 12 of this very same chapter, he says, wait, keep going through it. Keep trusting Jesus through it. And after some time, he will settle you. He will establish you. Who will establish you? It is this God. Clearly the theme of this verse is humble yourselves under the power of the God that can do something about it. Power of the God that is big enough to create and sustain all of life. That is this God. The idea is this, intentionally place yourself under the control of the great creator and sustainer of life. Submit your mind, your will, and your emotions to the one with the strong arm, the strong hand. Deliberately comply to the plan, and here's really where it comes down to. Deliberately comply to the plan of the sovereign God. Placing yourself under his plan. And here's the caveat. Even if it involves suffering. Trusting that God is big enough to create you and God is big enough to sustain you even through your suffering. Okay, practically, how hard is this? I would say massively hard. Why? Because as, as stubborn individuals, if we can just call ourselves what we really are, we're stubborn. <laughs> we want to do it our way. As stubborn individuals, we can't stand the thought of remaining in adversity. If we were honest, we, we get impatient and we want to fix it. Right now, God. This way, God. We struggle with the thought of long-term sickness, reoccurring cancer, another financial burden. All of that we really struggle with. We really struggle with, and here's where the rubber meets the road. We really struggle with knowing we have committed our lives to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are daily in the Word. We are praying. We are walking in the Spirit. And then we see someone over here, and their life's not accordance to the Word. And they're prospering. Don't you kind of look over there and you're like, something's broke, God. (laughs) Are you really letting this happen? The passage says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And I love this because it leads us right into the purpose. So we get the command, then we have the purpose of this, so that at the proper time he will exalt you, or he may exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in order that at just the time he has ordained, he will pick you up. 
Okay, through 1 Peter 5, there's this very strong, what's called eschatological view. So it's going to happen at the end, okay? So very clearly, Peter is saying, it, God is going to put it all together at the end. But there's also this sense, not just of future, but present through this passage. That at just the right time, he's going to pick you up and put you on your feet. He knows when all of this needs to happen according to his plan. So much more we could say about this. But I, I think we need to understand that the thought here is not this. The statement here is not, he will make you amazing. <laughs> He's going to exalt you above everyone else and make you all of that. You're an amazing person. No, that's not the thought of, here, of this passage. The thought of this passage is not, whoo, puff my shoulders out, pick my chin up, I'm awesome. That's not this passage, because we've already humbled ourselves on the side of God. He is simply going to lift us up to realize He's the one that brings stability. It's not about us. It is about all about Him. He will exalt you. He will lift you up in just the right time to allow you to survive and thrive through the pain. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God because he knows exactly when you need to be pulled out of your struggle. And honestly, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you go through Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, you'll see that some of those in this chapter did not receive the promises this side of glory. And what does that mean? Does that mean God failed? Does that mean the mighty hand of God isn't as mighty as we thought it was? Absolutely not. Why? Because God's painting on a canvas that is so much bigger than we can comprehend. He is not bound by our time. The things that happen in this world are for His glory, but they will move into the things that will happen in the next life where we will worship Him for all eternity. That is the canvas He's working on. So even that suffering that may, might take your life this side of glory, Guess what? That's not the end of the story. This mighty hand of God, as Paul so clearly states in his writings, is the one that will preserve you into the next life. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. That's the purpose. Here's the strategy now. Okay, and these verses are intricately connected. So how do you humble yourselves then? How do we practically do it every single day? He says... He doesn't leave us hanging there. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties on him. So how are we very practically going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God this very day? Here's how we do it. All of those worries that we just mentioned a minute ago, you're casting them on him. I love the, the word casting. It really means what it sounds like. It's propelling. <laughs> it's throwing. Uh, maybe like a softball thrown from the outfield all the way to the home base. You're getting it there. <laughs> maybe like a piece of firewood that needs to be transferred from the back of the truck to the firewood pile. You're casting it there. Maybe like the neighborhood cat who keeps sneaking into your house and you just need to cast it out. <laughs> You're propelling it. You're getting it out of there. I'm going to tell you, this is what we are to do by God's grace with those anxieties on our hearts right now. Cast them to the one who can actually do something about it. 
casting all your care instead of resisting so vigorously and patiently complaining, incessantly worrying. We are to cast those worries to God. I love what Paul says because he uses the very same word in Philippians 4, 6 for anxieties. And what does he say? How do we practically do this? He says we pray about that. Be anxious, same word, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. My brothers and sisters in Christ, my friends, those worries on your hearts, I'm going to tell you, there's something about, and he walks with me and he talks with me. Why? Because he wants to hear these things. Those burdens that you cannot get off of your mind, that pain, that gut pain that you wake up with in the middle of the night, I'm going to tell you something. The God who created you wants to hear about these things. He knows this, but he wants you to verbalize them to him. He wants you to take these anxieties and say, God, they're yours. Here. Casting all your anxieties on him. And then we come to this wonderful, wonderful reason. Because he cares for you. I mean, so often we're blinded by this because of our own pride. Think about this. We don't often see it this way, but as one commentator says, worry is a form of pride because when believers are filled with anxiety, they are convinced that they must solve all the problems in their life in their own strength. Do you realize that one of the most profound expressions of pride in our lives is worry? Anxiety that cripples us. Honestly, very practically, what is worry and anxiety? Here's what worry and anxiety is. It's saying, God, I have a better plan for my life than you do. God, I know what I need better than you know what I need. And what is Paul doing, or Peter doing in this passage? He's saying, no, 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 no. Switch that around. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He will exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon Him. And here is the wonderful promise, the wonderful purpose, the reason for all of this. My friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, because He truly does care. He cares, he cares about what you're going through this very day. I mean, I love this word, care. It, I mean, it, it, it's translated different ways, but another way you could say it is he's really interested in what's going on in your life. And beyond simple interest, he's truly concerned for you. Why does God not want us to hold on to our worry? Why does God want us to cast our anxieties to him? My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, here's why. Because he's genuinely interested in you as a child of his. He cares for you. Uh, there's so much more we could say about this. God is powerful enough to solve the problem with his mighty hand, but caring enough. I, I love this. The velvet and steel of our almighty God, the strong arm and the soft care, the gracious kindness. God is powerful enough to solve the problem, 
but caring enough not to crush, crush his children in the process. Have you got that? I mean, in these two verses, we see the mighty hand of God. He will rescue you. And then the loving care of this gracious God. That is the God we serve. The power and the kindness, the strength and the grace. Through anxieties, anxieties, believers must fully depend on the mighty hand of their caring God. I don't know why God wanted me to share that with us this morning. I mean, this was supposed to be a reflection circle. There was supposed to be a lake behind me. The birds were supposed to be singing, and the smoke was not supposed to be there. But for whatever reason, God laid this on my heart through His, you know, the direction of His Word, praying through this, and I, I really know that one of the reasons God wanted me to share this today is because what's He doing? What He's doing in my own heart. I, I think about the last two years of being preaching elder here. I praise God for every day, even the tough ones. I mean, I think about the wonderful elder team that God has put together here at Cross Point Community Church and the plans we had, and it's like, yeah, we're going to do this and this. Let's pray about this. Let's go to our knees and pray about this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, you're doing internet church for like a month. Oh, yeah, and you're going to kind of piece things together with volunteers for a year and a half. I mean, you, you have these thoughts in your mind, you're thinking, God, we could, we could start this small group and this small group and, and this and see this happen, and we pray about things as an elder team, and God's like, you know what, I've got a plan, and you're going to stick to my plan. Here's why, because I will build my church. <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So often our plans, our thoughts, don't match up exactly to what God's doing. And so what do we do in the meantime? Cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. I praise God for another passage, and I'm going to close out with this. And actually, last year at Lassen Pines Camp, we studied this passage. This is a key event in Peter's life. I think one of the primary events in all of Peter's life that when he's writing, I think often his mind I mean, you can't say it, I theorize this, his mind will go back to this event because I really do see it kind of pop up in his writings, the Apostle Peter. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Matthew chapter 14. Do you want to see these two verses come to life? If I could just read these verses, you remember the story, and I love this picture by Young Sum Kim. I love this picture. Jim's got it in his office, I think. Or at home. No, Diane's got it. It's hers. <laughs> I love this picture. It's so appropriate. The mighty hand of Christ reaching down to those in need. But I love what Matthew says. The account of Matthew, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, he sent his disciples across Galilee. And what happened on Galilee? The storm came. Um, a couple years ago, I shared this last year, but a couple years ago, we were, well, it was a lot of years ago, Hannah and I were back in Israel visiting, and I had the opportunity to share a Bible study on the Sea of Galilee. So I'm talking about this very passage, Matthew 14. I'm talking about a storm, and I'm like, well, kind of like that one right there. <laughs> and within about 15, 20 minutes, we were overtaken by a storm. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, we got a big, bigger boat, so it wasn't a problem for us. But you can kind of get the sense of what's happening. By the time we got to the shore, rain was coming down, wind was moving the boat around, and you get a real sense that this is not something you play around with, especially if you're in a little fisherman boat. 
all right? Well, that's where the disciples were. In Matthew's account of this, verse 22, I'll just read through this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. I love this, because who sent them into the storm? Jesus did. The same as what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. You have been ordained not simply to believe in the name of Jesus, but also, also to suffer for his name's sake. God uses suffering in the lives of believers. Romans 5, John, or James chapter 1, 1 Peter, all the way through. God uses suffering in the life of believer to grow us stronger. That's exactly what Jesus is doing with his own disciples. Verse 23, and after the crowds, he had dismissed the crowds, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. When even was come, he was alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against it. And in the fourth watch of the night, so this is in the middle of the night, like between 3 and 6 a.m., so Jesus had watched his friends, his disciples, all the way through the night, through the suffering. Okay, time out. The suffering you're going through right now, guess what? Jesus hasn't checked out. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. The fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And then they cried out in fear. Okay, what is this yelling? Extreme anxiety, worry, fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Oh, take heart. In other words, chill out. <laughs> it is I. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. I'm here. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. This is so typical of Peter. Act and then think. Speak and then process. Verse 29, he said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. My friends, this really happened. Peter got out of the boat by faith, walked to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, and, and actually the verse says he came to Jesus. So in our minds, I think we kind of think he's a far way off. I honestly think he came to Jesus, and he was right there close to Jesus. He had made his way all the way from the boat to Jesus, standing with Jesus. And then the passage says, but when he saw the wind, when he saw the storm, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And Jesus immediately, immediately reached out his what? His hand. And he took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. At just the right time, right? And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. What did we just read in Matthew chapter 22? I'm going to tell you. Here's what we read in Matthew chapter 22. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, He will lift you up. Casting all your fear and anxieties, all your anxieties on Him. Why? 
because he cares for you. If you want to see the care of Jesus Christ just exploded onto the scene, go in your Bibles to John 21 and you see very clearly that Jesus Christ cared for this mess of a person, Peter. And so what? Let's close out today with putting putting shoes on this theology. What is this going to mean? What are these passages going to mean as we go our way today? How is looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 going to make any difference to our lives this week? And I would say you'd have to ask, we would have to ask this question, will I cast my worry to God right now? Okay, all of those things I just mentioned at the beginning of the service. If any of those came to mind, will you cast them to God today? This is His problem to solve. And the beauty is, as He as you cast it to Him, He's going to show you what steps to take from His holy word. It's not casting them to Him and then sitting on the couch waiting. It's casting it to Him and then one step of obedience after another as He shows you exactly how to function through the suffering you're going through right now. I think about this passage and I think back to the storm on Galilee, Matthew 22. And honestly, this week just meditating on this, thinking some of us are at different stages with Peter in this storm. <laughs> honestly. All the way through the narrative of Matthew 22, I, I think about how different ones in the body of Christ here at Crosspoint are put in that story or can be put in that story. Some of us are still in the boat, worried about taking that first step of belief in Jesus Christ. I believe Peter is saying to you, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Some of us aren't in the boat. We're on the water, in the storm. When Peter walked on that water, the storm hadn't stopped yet. You're taking one step of faith at a time through the storm that is swirling around you, the wind and the waves, and all you can do is get up in the morning and take another step and another step and another step. And I think what Paul, Peter says today in 1 Peter 5 is so appropriate to you as well. Humble yourselves every single day under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your care on Him because He cares for you. He knows what storm you're walking in right now. Some of us, have, we're not in the boat and we're not necessarily walking in the storm. Maybe some of us are enjoying sweet fellowship with God right now and Jesus Christ. And we're standing next to Christ through the storm. But now our faith is starting to waver. Why? Because we watch the news. No, just, just joking. Kind of. We're walking with Christ and then we, we start reading blogs. We start interacting with what people are saying is happening in the world we're living in. And what's happening? We take our eyes off of Jesus and we start putting them on ourselves and the storm around us. And all of a sudden, before we know it, it's a little bit of gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. And I think Peter has words for us in 1 Peter 5. Here are the words. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your anxieties to Him because He cares for you. Some of us aren't necessarily in the boat or on the water or standing next to Christ at this point. 
Maybe you're in the water drowning right now. You ever felt that way? You're so discouraged. Your life doesn't look the way you thought it would at this point. And you know you've given your life to Jesus Christ and saving faith. You know you've walked with Jesus. You've read the scriptures. You've prayed. But now it's like the bottom fell out and you don't know where to go. Sort of like Peter in that picture we just looked at. Drowning. And what is his response? Lord, save me. And I think the words of 1 Peter 5 are so appropriate for you. And here are the words of 1 Peter 5. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will lift you up in due time. Cast all your care upon him, your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Now some of us in this room have been through storms. (laughs) And you know you've been through storms. And you've walked on the wall, in essence, you've placed your faith in Christ, you've taken one step at a time through the storm, you've seen Jesus Christ do amazing things in your life to support you, to stabilize you through these storms of life, whether they're sickness or even the loss of a loved one, or the loss of some, uh, some incident that happened in your life, some drastic financial incident. You've walked with Christ through these. You've seen Christ do some amazing things. Now you're back in the boat and the water is calm. But you know that storms are a regular thing on the Sea of Galilee. (laughs) And see, you anticipate that it's not just if, it's when the next storm will come into your life. And my friend, if I can encourage you with the same thing that Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, here it is. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your care upon Him. Why? Because he cares for you. So God, that's the passage you led us to study today. I thank you for how you're using this in my own life. To go back to this passage this week, God, and just work through the practical sayings of Peter here. Through your Holy Spirit, oh God, I pray that we would, by your grace, put this to practice. I want to thank you for every single person here today. I thank you for the time we could spend in your word. I pray, God, this morning for those who have never come to you in saving faith. Lord, that this might be that day where they would come to you. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, for some of us who have placed our faith and trust in you, And we're walking one step at a time through the storms of this life around us, the political nonsense and the health stuff and the education stuff and the family stuff and the work stuff. All of this. God, I pray that you would give us the grace to cast all our care, our anxieties on you because you care for us. My friends, this morning... It is no mistake that you are here, that we are all here. We would anticipated being at a different location this morning, but God made it clear that we needed to be here. (laughs) And so for whatever reason, God led us to 1 Peter chapter 5 today. Now, I don't know what that burden is on your heart right now. 
But can I encourage you to obey God's word? This very moment, propel that anxiety to Jesus right now. Our Father, we thank you for the time we could spend today studying your word. As we close out this service, Lord, I want to thank you for the families that are here, the little kids that have done so well sitting in this, this service, the songs we could sing of praise to you. And I pray now, Father, that as we prepare our hearts to go our way this week, that every single day this week you would remind us to cast our care, our anxieties on you because you care for us. As we close out the service with this wonderful song, 10,000 Reasons to Bless You, I pray that we would realize in the good times and the bad times we are called to praise your name. We thank you for this time we could spend together today, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out with an anthem of praise to our God. If you know this song, I would encourage you to sing it out loud. Thank you for being here today. Thank you again for being flexible. Um, some of you came ready to share of your resources. There's boxes in the back if you'd like to participate that way or online as well. Um, but would you do this? Would you stand as we close out this service and let's sing 10,000 Reasons. Let's bless the Lord. Sorry, I stole your deal there. Let's bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's sing it heartily to Him and then let's go our way today casting all our care on Him. Why? Because He cares for you.